All right, um, are we good to go? There you are. Yeah, I was pressing the wrong buttons. I, I actually pressed leave speaker instead of the microphone button because they're right next to each other, and I was like, oh, no. Right. Like, I I don't know how to get back in. Yeah, well, here we are. Um, <laughs> we found a way. We found a way. Let me just... Okay. All right, so welcome back. Um, oh, wow. Uh, there's a football game going on right now, and... Smoke Monday of Auburn, top <laughs> top one name of all time, uh-huh. especially for like a hard hitting safety. Your name being Smoke, that's sick. Um, yeah. He was like questionable to play this game. Ended up playing. Immediately made like five hit stick tackles. Had a targeting overruled, and his biggest problem of all time was targeting. Auburn just intercepted a pass, and on the pass, Smoke Monday got called for targeting. So he's out for the game. Well, great. Is he? And he's not going to survive this one. No, he, no, he's already. I mean, I'm watching on mute, and uh, he's getting a bun. He's getting dapped up and all that. So I'm assuming, yeah, he's yeah, he's ejected. I have Houston minus one, or plus one, and they're fucking around out there. So I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, they uh, they had that ten point lead, and then now they're uh, they're losing, right? Yeah, that's got to be a holding serve. I don't get it called. <laughs> Anyway, um, I thought we would discuss this first. Um, Will Anderson, noted best defensive player in the country, probably best <laughs> player in the country, uh, who was, you know, uh, decided decided that Alabama was the underdog versus Cincinnati in the college football playoff. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't think that the betting lines are going to agree with that. No. Because I have it pulled up right now that – Alabama is well. I thought I had it pulled up, but I don't know exactly where. Oh no, here it is. They uh, the Vegas people tend to think that Alabama is a thirteen and a half point favorite, mm. but Will Anderson has been slighted many times. Most notably when Aiden Hutchinson was invited to New York over him, despite the fact that Will Anderson hasn't beaten almost all of the important stats, such as tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and sacks yardage. Um, for for edge rushers, I think those are four pretty important statistics. So, uh, I, this is just I, – I don't even know where this comes from. Maybe Saban's doing this, whatever. Well, this doesn't make him an underdog, but I can understand how he feels like the entire world is rooting for Cincinnati. And in that respect, yes, but that doesn't mean that – uh, the reason that everyone's rooting for Cincinnati is because they're the major underdog in this game. So right. it's a little bit backward. I understand why he feels like Alabama's on an island. No one wants to see them win, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sure, but, um, yeah, with a 13.5-point betting line right now, uh, which yes. I don't expect actual football players to keep up with that stuff. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I hope they don't. Or no, else yeah, no, please don't. That That's going to – or else that might uh, – that might be something of concern. There was one game recently, and I, I completely forget who it was. Uh, I, it might have been a bowl game or something, but there was a college football game where the the players knew the spread, and that was like their number one source of motivation. I completely forget who it was. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Louisiana Lafayette. I don't even know if they played their bowl game yet or whatever. But there was there was definitely a team who was an underdog in a bowl game, 
who their number one source of motivation for the game was they didn't like the spread that was put out before the game. That's a little bit concerning. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about players uh, playing against the spread uh, knowingly, but you know what? If, if, if this is going to be, if gambling is going to be what it is, then we have to just expect that at some point that information is going to be out there and the player is going to be knowledge about it. So take the deal with the bed. But yeah, Will Anderson, not exactly an underdog. No, no, not at all. Um, I still can't believe he, Aiden Hutchinson, got the invite over him. Because these people only watched the last two games of the year. That's fair. And listen, Aiden Hutchinson is the second or third best defense, depending on how you view um, Jordan Davis, best defensive player in the country. Because he's just it, – it, just simply is he is not a better defensive player than Will Anderson. Just statistics, tape, whatever, advanced metric metrics, he's just not better. And but I think the Heisman is more of what you do in the biggest game of the year on your schedule or the biggest games of the year on your schedule. And Will uh, Aiden Hutchinson came up quite massive. In the Ohio State game, so that's that, obviously that's the reason he got the invite. Not slighting him, he might be the number one pick in the draft, but whatever. At yeah. this point. Well, you, Will, I actually just pulled up another mock draft. Will Anderson is currently the number one pick in the twenty twenty three draft. That's As scary that Will Anderson and Bryce Young are both coming back for Alabama, and they were both in the top oh, five of the Heisman Trophy voting. Yeah, I don't so, care for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those of you, man, Alabama and Georgia are on a crash course for next year, too. I'm this assuming, is exciting stuff. I'm assuming John Mechie is coming back, too, right? Um, I don't know. I actually have zero idea about that. Um, if if he was an underclassman or if he was a junior or eligible for the draft, I'm assuming he's coming back now because, I mean, this draft, this wide receiver class is loaded. Yeah, he's... Wait, when did he suffer a torn ACL? Was that in, in the uh, Georgia? Against Georgia. Game? Oh no, I, I actually forgot about that. But yeah, now that yeah. I'm reading it, oh, oh, I have to believe that he's coming back after that because his draft stock, with <laughs> with all of the receivers available, we have two from Ohio State, we have one from USC who I don't think I've watched a single snap of, but um, apparently this guy Drake London supposed to be pretty good. I am a huge fan yes. of Traylon Burks from from uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. I don't know how this happened, considering where he was a year ago, but I'm 100% convinced Jamison Williams is the best receiver in the country. So I, there's a lot of competition for John Mechie. So uh, unfortunately, he was already going to be someone who probably, probably not guaranteed, but probably was going to get pushed off to the second round. And now with the torn ACL – his draft stock could really plummet. So, yeah, I would think that John Mechie, it may be in his best interest for the draft, that he could get a much better signing bonus uh, and a much better first contract in the NFL if he just comes back one more year. And with name, image, and likeness now being a thing in college football, I think a lot more players are going to be enticed to come back because they don't have to wait to get paid. Now, they're not going to get paid a ton off of name, image, and likeness, uh, depending on who they are, I guess. But – I think it may be in the best interest of his first NFL contract for John Mechie to come back a year. Yeah. Um, by the way, Jamison Williams actually did not win the Bolitnikoff, which I find very surprising. 
It was um, Jordan Addison from Pitt. Oh, speaking of that, we could talk about how I said that these guys who vote for the Heisman Trophy only only watch the last two games of the year. I actually think it's the last game of the year because Kenny Pickett's fake slide got him the second ranking in in the Heisman voting. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett was talked about for the Heisman for a little bit there, and then it kind of slowly died down when Stroud and Bryce Young separated. And then he does the fake slide, and all of a sudden he's the second-best player in the country. Yeah, and then C.J. Stroud doesn't have a conference championship game, and it's like, oh, he's fourth. Yeah, no, heavens no. <laughs> I, I don't know. These guys have they, – they, they, these guys don't watch games. I, I used to be a big believer, and this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to say it. I used to be a big believer in the integrity of the people who vote for this stuff because uh-huh. I thought that they cared as much about sports as I did. They Apparently. Do. I, I am being proven. Ever since Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy over Tua, I have been completely convinced that, that these little. people only watch one game a year. Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray did not was not even the betting favorite to win the Heisman, I think, until the day of. Oh, and I also hate how these betting uh, services – I'm convinced that these sports books and, – and, look, maybe this isn't true – I'm convinced that they are reaching out to voters and basically figuring out who wins beforehand, opposed to just crunching numbers. If they're just crunching numbers and saying, like, historically, these numbers work better, so this person is probably more likely to win the Heisman Trophy, then fine. Then, then those are fair odds. But what I'm worried about is that the people who run Vegas are just basically telling us exactly who's going to who's going to be the Heisman Trophy, which... I, I hate that. I hate spoilers. I, I, in my opinion, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen and and Woj should all be fired the day of the draft oh and then rehired the next day because I am so sick and tired of those guys spoiling draft picks. That just oh, drives me absolutely nuts. I, I, absolutely. When, when they pan to Adam Schefter, it is an automatic mute of the TV because Adam Schefter is going to tell us exactly who this team traded up for. I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, Adam Schefter's about to drop the entire draft before the draft re- picks are even made. Yeah, he's about to cite his editor as his source for that draft information that he just received. I, I, I can't stand all of this spoiler stuff. I, I actually enjoy – I'm weird. Apparently I'm weird because I actually enjoy when either the commissioner goes to the podium or the director of the board of trustees for the Heisman Trophy goes to the podium and actually makes the announcement. So the innocence of sports has escaped, and I don't like it. I do like all that stuff, too. But um, I forget what point I was going to make. Uh, Will Anderson, Heisman Trophy, Kenny Pickett, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Tua. What a point. Other than uh, the Heisman really is like – it's kind of just a fake award at this point because it's not even – we have an award for best player in the country. Is it, is it not the Maxwell? Yeah, that, that's another thing about that is they have all the different position award. They have – now, they're voted on by different people, but, I mean, do you honestly think that they're going to vote that much differently than, than the Heisman voters? Probably not because no. I, I, you get this off of Twitter – where you see that the entire world kind of collectively changes their opinions on players at the exact same time. So right. 
<laughs> you know, except for those two people who dig up their old tweets from six years ago who made this bombastic prediction where mm. I'm convinced that they just that these no names just tweet out like 70 different combinations of Super Bowl opponents. <laughs> and then it just oh, yeah. happens that they dig up the one that was correct. But I, I, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, uh, the Maxwell is awarded to and by definition. Um, where'd he go? I was just reading it. God damn it. <laughs> the best, the best player in college football, the best all around player in college football. Um, only a, I, a few times it wasn't awarded to the Heisman. So it was Bryce Young this year, Devonta Smith last year, Joe Burrow in 2019, Tua in 2018. Baker in 2017, Lamar Jackson 16, 15 Derrick Henry, 14 Mariota, 13 AJ McCarron. Really? Then, oh yeah. man. Yeah, well, it's even more of a sham. 2012 was Manti Teo. Oh, that one. Now, I that's one I can. That was a one-game Heisman Trophy winner right there. If you want to talk about Johnny Manziel against Alabama, that game alone. Won him the Heisman. That that play where he almost fumbled and then didn't fumble and then ran left and right and then back up the middle. That that game just threw him into SEC lore forever. Mm. And look, great great player. Absolutely, I'm not trying to say that he's not. But I don't know. I think, and maybe this is the Notre Dame blinders speaking, but. I got to tell you that that season, when our, the way our defense, because there were multiple games where Notre Dame could have lost, and it took goal line. St- I think like BYU was a game where we were riding hot, and then all of a sudden we almost blew the entire year to BYU. Uh, mm. We had, I think, a goal line stand against USC in the final game of the year to secure the championship spot. So I. Man, Ty Taylor to me, I, I think that one is deserving. I thought he was deserving of the Heisman Trophy. Um, I have a much bigger problem with A.J. McCarron over Jameis Winston. A.J. McCarron, you want to talk about born on third base thinking you hit a triple? That guy had all the hey, talent in the world around him. Yeah, um, he really did. A.J. McC- yeah, uh, theoretical Cleveland Browns legend, A.J. McCarron. Hey, almost won a playoff game for the Bengals if it weren't for a few players named Jeremy Hill and Pac-Man Jones. Mm. And possibly Vontaze Perfect, too. Speaking of the Bengals, first place in the AFC North with two weeks to go. Yeah, and I don't like it because their fan base is getting too cocky. The fan base oh, of the brother. Bengals is turning into the Browns of two years What's ago. What's all that about? What, wait, wait a minute. Hey, just to get, getting too confident too early, I – I like to see it before we get super excited about it. Now, I understand that they're a couple of years ahead of schedule, and that's awesome for them. But they are first place in the division by like half a game. So I, I, I'm not going to be sitting here acting like the Bengals are this giant Super Bowl contender. Yes, they have a couple pieces that are nice. I, this is another thing. I must be just on a different planet. Because I actually want to wait and see what happens with Jamar T- Chase and Panay Sewell. Everyone say, oh, the, the Bengals made the right pick. Like, who knows? Who knows? Give it a few years. So it's exciting for the Bengals. But in this crazy division, I but next year, I don't know. We could see 
we could see anything happen. Uh, a lot of the, the, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Ravens because they have a bunch of talent, but they always fool around. So they're capable right. of absolutely anything. The Steelers and Browns are also capable of absolutely anything, good or bad. So I, right. I'm I'm not getting overly excited about any single team in this division because I just think it's absolutely crazy, and you got to expect the unexpected. And part of the unexpected is the Bengals winning the division. Um. So. My Cleveland Browns sit at seven and eight right now. Last place, whatever. We're used to it. However, let me let me read you a situation. Next week, if the Bengals lose to the Chiefs, which it's not I wouldn't say is probable, but it's the more likely I, of the t- two outcomes. I, I will. I, I and I hate I hate this. But, dude, the Chiefs are awesome all of a sudden. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And the Ravens, who who knows who's going to be the quarterback or who's going to play because everyone's hurt on the Ravens. If they lose to the Rams, which, again, the Rams are scorching hot, the Browns would control their enter Monday controlling their own destiny to win the AFC North. If those two things happen. How scary is that? That's yeah. So what needs to happen is the Bengals need to lose out. The Ravens need to lose one more game to make the records work. Um, because the Browns hold the tiebreaker currently, they hold the tiebreaker over Baltimore, uh, Cincinnati because of the head-to-head. And if they beat Pittsburgh on Monday night, Pittsburgh, so they would hold the head-to-head or uh, the tiebreaker over all those teams. Uh, the Bang- they played the Bengals in the last game in Cleveland, so that could be a winner-take-all AFC North Championship game. That is going to be incredibly exciting. Uh, I have <laughs> I have one friend who's a huge Browns fan who says that he d- he doesn't even want the Browns to win this next week because he doesn't think his heart can possibly withstand a Bengals-Browns play- game for the division. So he he's already citing that he wants the division. We had a, set. The Browns played a winner take all or win or nothing game last year, the last week against Pittsburgh. So it, it's the same thing. Well, uh, well, no, it's not because you guys played the Steelers without their five best players. Cam Hayward was out. Uh, I'd argue those Steelers gave us a better run than the well, Steelers we played in the playoffs. Well, you you got that right. I I don't know. I'm telling you, man. Mason Rudolph was really good in that game. Now I'm that game alone, and this is silly to say because I'm the ultimate guy who needs to see it happen more than once. But that game from Mason Rudolph gave me way too much hope about. Oh, brother. The, now look, I'm not I'm not saying like he's the starter of the future. I'm just saying like if yeah, for whatever reason, it, oh my gosh. I, I, all I'm saying is, if we're in some unbelievable jam, I don't think we just need to blow up the entire franchise if, if Mason Rudolph is somehow our starting quarterback for one season. I, I am saying that is all I am excited about is the possibility of him being a a, a just our Ryan Fitzpatrick for one year. I think we could tread. I think we could do something that isn't completely embarrassing. That's all. That's all it is because we saw him. 
And I'll say it again. Winning record in the NFL, five and four. Well, actually, no, five, three, and one. Or maybe five, four, and one. The, okay, the tie against the Lions this year did not help Mason Rudolph's stock in my mind. That that did not go well. No. But that that game against the Browns last year, he looked good. He looked good. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I thought that but, I honestly thought the Browns were going to lose that game. I, I would have never watched sports again. When Chase Claypool caught that one touchdown in tremendous coverage. It was fourth down, too. I, yeah, I was like, we're capable of anything. Like, like this is the against all odds play right here. But right. uh and and he made a couple catches this past week that were just awesome. If only he weren't such an idiot after every time he gets a first down. Yeah, if only he weren't he, the worst human on the planet. <laughs> yeah, he's Oh my god, he he is dude, shut up. I am Jesus. so glad that he's as talented as he is because I am he yeah. is incredibly frustrating he's got the juju tiktok personality and it's just so awesome that when juju gets hurt chase claypool you know puts his hand on his back he's like don't worry i got you i'll I'll carry on the legacy in your absence so i can only imagine what we're going to see next year when they're both on the field together um i knew this dude was going to be uh just the worst human on the planet when the day after the browns beat him in the playoffs he was on TikTok breaking down the film of how he was torching the Browns' six-string cornerback. He's like, "Yeah, look at me go!" And the Browns are going to no. lose next week anyway, so th- none of this matters. I, they I, just drop their I, nuts right on your forehead, I and know, you're over here breaking down the film of busting up the six-string corner. And I, I am 100% consistent on this because I am someone who fully expects Ohio State fans to refer to Michael Thomas as one of the most annoying people on the planet. Very. And Chase Claypool, a Notre Dame guy and a Steelers guy, I think is incredibly obnoxious. And I, I it's really frustrating because he's actually incredibly talented. Yeah. So I, it, part part of me is like, dude, like you. You aren't even giving people a chance to root for you, despite the fact that you are have so much ability. You you make great catches in tight coverage. You you can make the acrobatic catch. For some reason, we hand the ball off to you like three times a game. But I'm like, you you aren't even giving yourself a chance for people to root for you, and you have a really fun style of play. So look, M- Michael Thomas, absolutely obnoxious to follow on social media. Chase Claypool. Absolutely obnoxious to watch on the football field and at times also follow on social media. These guys, man, I just, I I, I don't know. But heading into this, the end of this uh, little stretch here, the Browns, uh, again, my whole motto with the AFC North is to expect the unexpected. I think all four teams are capable of winning this division, although obviously with the Bengals lead, they look the most consistent out of anybody, uh, most notably sweeping the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, although Lamar was out, or he did – wait a minute, did he get knocked out? Yeah, he was, uh, it was Josh Johnson playing this weekend, who I, I yeah. guess has just played everywhere. But sure uh, Bengals, this is not some giant hot take. I got the Bengals winning this division. But from there, man, Steelers, Ravens, and the Browns, it is a giant free for all for the wild card spots, uh, and we are not alone. There are many other teams that are right there with us, so it it could shake out any which way. I think that I, I think that the Browns, in order to 
come away with a lot of success over these next couple of weeks, they have to be able to look themselves in the mirror and say, we have to be willing to go against traditional football play calling and run the ball like 60 to 70% of the time. We have to be willing to run the ball even when the entire world knows we're going to run it because somehow we are still successful. So yeah, it, it, it's like, it's uncomfortable. I, I get it. If I were in Stefanski's shoes, I would be uncomfortable, like not throwing the football. I'd be like, well, what's like, this, this is what we do. Every, everybody in the NFL, it's pass, 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 pass. So it feels a little weird. It's like when you're taking a test and you've like circled a as the answer five times in a row and you feel like it, yeah. it shouldn't be this way. Exactly. So, uh, but the Browns have to be able to just realize what's working. Like that Packers game, man, that I, I had, I had one, they were running a two minute drill and I had one of my friends, huge Browns fan, extremely de- devastated after that game saying like that entire two minute drill should have just been handing the ball off to Nick Chubb. Cause he's just eating up eight yards after eight yards after eight yards. And I, I know we could talk about the, the flag that wasn't thrown on the DPJ interception, but I, the Browns' success is on that offensive line and running the football. And that needs to, I, even in this era of the NFL, that needs to be the absolute A1 game plan heading into these next couple of weeks because they are successful at that. Like, way, way more above than most of the league I, I say I think that Derrick Henry and I guess Jonathan Taylor is now in this discussion as running backs who actually win their team's football games uh, yes. I, I I think the three-headed monster and I will throw Dearness Johnson in there because somehow yeah. he somehow he's really good too You're damn so right I, he is. I, I, I think that the the Browns have to be willing to run the ball even when it feels like they should be passing just because that's what 2021 football is they got to be able to just accept that they have an old school style and that's what works best for them yeah and it works out well against pittsburgh because pittsburgh is the worst defense against the run in the entire nfl i do our, our defense has fallen apart and i don't know why i Mika fitzpatrick has not looked anything like he did last year which is an extreme disappointment i i'm watching him get burned weekly uh joe hayden aside from uh, making that incredible tackle in, against Tennessee. He's He's been fine, but right. our, our defense has not looked good outside of T.J. Watt this year, and that's extremely disappointing to see because we were awesome last year. No, I mean, if you look at the number, I'm looking at the numbers right now. They're 22nd in scoring, 26th in total yards, 25th in yards per play, dead last in yards per rush, rushing yards per game. And then the secondary is fine. It's right around average. So that was that was the that was going to be the reason Pittsburgh could potentially make a playoff run because, you know, the offense isn't much of anything. Oh, we got double pass back to the quarterback and it was intercepted. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> good lord. That sounds What is like Houston doing? I That's Houston I has had like Houston. three straight 15-yard passes. And then they just double reverse to the quarterback, and it was intercepted. So maybe. Uh, let's see. I, uh, Dana Holgerson is. What are we doing here? I I have no idea, but I could tell instantly by the tone of your voice that that was one hundred percent gonna be uh, a Houston play call. I could tell by the disgust 
Well, initially it was glee because you were like, "Oh, double pass," and then you're like, "And it's intercepted." And I instantly knew. Oh, which no, side you ooh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know, Blue. I don't know, sir. Stripes. What's happening? He, so he caught it, but was his foot down there? I don't know. Because it was so weird. Because it was like the quarterback threw it behind the line to the receiver, and then the quarterback stayed behind the line, like he didn't uh, waltz out into the field. I think it was going to be a triple pass. And he threw it to the quarterback, but there was two people around the quarterback when he threw it, and it was tipped in the air, and an Auburn player ended up coming down with it. But I don't know if he had his foot in before he went out. Oh, no, I think he did. God damn it. Okay, I I have to say this. So I am currently looking at a quiz for can you name the 100 greatest tv shows on one of my favorite websites sporkle and sporkle. one of the shows i i typed in seinfeld it has listed as, it has the show it has where it, well you obviously have to guess the show but it's two clues well it's really just one clue it kind of gives you the rank in order and then it gives you the star of the show they cited for the star of Seinfeld as Jason Alexander, as if Jerry Seinfeld were not in that show. Well, I feel like it's Seinfeld. Too easy? Yeah, it's a little too easy. Because Jason Alexander is a star in that in that show. Yeah. All right, that's Call that's confirmed. Fine. Fuck you. Houston is actively trying to lose this game. Uh... I I'm not watching. I'm up in my room right now, so I'm not watching. But um, t- I I did see that TJ Finley had a couple nice passes. That was a really nice pass that he had on that out and up to the corner of the end zone that, that was yeah. almost incomplete because for whatever reason the receiver decided to make that as close to an out of bounds catch as possible, even though he was wide open. I, I don't know. I, I hate Houston now. I hate them. Auburn's well, I'll tell you what, their kicker, their kicker nailed that 53-yard field goal, and he, he almost made me change my entire opinion about college kickers. TJ Finley just missed a wide-open touchdown, and I'm losing to this team. I can't have that. This is unbelievable. Anyway, so, fan, so this is what I want to talk about next is FanDuel has released uh, potential championship game look-ahead lines. For all possible matchups. Oh, let's do it. So, uh, everyone's favorite matchup, potential matchup, Alabama, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia would be a one point favorite. I don't have a problem with that hot take. Neither do I. I always knew they were going to be a favorite. I thought it would, they would be like a two and a half point favorite, but one is perfectly fine. I would take Georgia there. Um, then we got Cincinnati and Michigan, probably the least likely of all the matchups. Uh, Michigan is six and a half point favorite. Well, if Cincinnati were to pull off that game, I would think a little bit differently about this. That would almost tell me more about Cincinnati than it would about Alabama. But at the same time, Michigan's riding so hot, and if they beat Georgia. That, that's yeah. just because I'm telling you, if, if Cincinnati beats Alabama somehow, like I, I, it would be hard for me to believe that anybody <sighs> could beat Cincinnati because I might, I might just be like, like this team Dude, is way more awesome than I thought. 
I also buy into that kind of stuff about the team of destiny. So I I don't know. If Cincinnati beats Alabama, I'm, I'm not even going to have any clue what to think. No, if Cincinnati beats Alabama, I think the line would be a little close, a little more in favor of Cincinnati than six and a half. And again, this all depends. It would all depend on how certain teams win. Um, right. I would take Cincinnati in that spot, no matter what. Um, then we got Georgia Cincinnati. What do you think? What do you, What do you think the line is here? Again, if Cincinnati beats Alabama, it's the society's going to have a whole new opinion on Cincinnati. But just as of right now, if those two were playing against each other in the playoffs, I know that this and this is kind of ignoring the aspect of what if Cincinnati beats Alabama. I I would expect Georgia to win by at least three scores. And I also mm. these I'm not sure if these lines take this into account. The the college football playoff already has a plot of a huge problem with blowouts. So I'm like Cincinnati to me is as susceptible as anybody to fitting into that problem that already exists. So I I would say I, I'm kind of ignoring the fact that they would have beaten Alabama in this scenario, but I would say like seventeen eighteen, uh, fourteen and a half. All right. Well, there you go. So. I think I, I would take Georgia there. I would too. I would just it would be impossible for me to think that they could pull pull off that kind of magic twice. Yeah, that's the reasoning. Because I'm still sorta of leaning Cincinnati over Alabama on the spread, but we'll see. Um and then Alabama, Michigan. What do you think the line would be? I think Alabama would be a favorite over Michigan. Uh, by, by the way, there are a lot of Michigan fans. Uh, there's this one radio show in Detroit that I like to listen to little clips of because they, they're pretty funny. But there are a lot of Michigan fans who are kind of just glossing over Georgia like, oh, yeah, we're, all right, we're ready for Alabama because they saw what Alabama did to Georgia. And they're like, well, if Alabama did that to Georgia, why can't we? Clearly, Georgia was a fraud. Clearly, the SEC wasn't as good as we thought it was. Like, completely ignoring what we saw the first 12 weeks of the year and just saw, oh, well, Alabama got them, so I guess they're just not that good. Uh, I completely disagree with that. But um, in this hypothetical, I I do think Michigan versus Georgia would be a really good matchup because I think it's a lot of strength on strength. I think it's – I just got done talking about how old school the Browns' offense is. This would be a very old school game because all the best players are on the offensive line or on the front seven of the defense. So that would be a very fun – Wisconsin Iowa type game, um, and I know that oh, yeah. we up here in Big Ten country respect that style of football, no doubt. That's right. So I I, I think that that Michigan is capable of the upset, but I don't I I don't think it'll happen. But Alabama versus Michigan definitely have Alabama as the favorite. Uh, too many weapons on the outside, so I would say. Alabama minus something around a touchdown. I, I just think that they're way way too athletic on the outside, and Michigan isn't. Yeah, uh, the spread would be six. Uh, All right. Obviously in favor of Alabama, so. And I would I think would Alabama now too Alabama because there. they're on the they're on the right side of the touchdown. Yeah, I would take Alabama there, as I would assume many people would. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't think Michigan is. I don't know why. Like, I, I've seen them beat good teams this year. 
I saw them just absolutely throttle Ohio State. They throttled Iowa, whether you think Iowa's a good team or not. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't think, I just don't think they can do, because they're not going to be able to do what they did to Ohio State against Georgia. I know they kind of did it against Iowa, and Iowa's a really good defense, but I'm not going to, if you, if you, if you can't understand the difference between Iowa's defense and Georgia's defense, then, um, that's, you know, that's on you. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's your problem. Yeah, that is, there's a difference between having, uh, 11, 6 225 pound white country fed boys playing defense and, um, the, the best defense probably of all time. So, yeah, it's just, I just don't think they're going to, ha- Stetson Bennett aside, you know, factoring in Stetson Bennett has to play quarterback and will have to throw the ball eventually. Um, I just don't – I don't think Cade McNamara is that much better than Stetson Bennett. I don't feel much better about Cade McNamara than I do Stetson Bennett. So, Yeah, and uh, Stetson Bennett, I, I'm pretty sure, is going to be the starting quarterback this game, yeah. despite the fact that a lot of people wanted to see JT Daniels. Um, Kirby Smart isn't getting too caught up in the moment. Uh, he is going to go with Stetson Bennett, which, which I appreciate. I appreciate that he doesn't have the shortest leech of all time by saying, right. oh, you were bad for one game, you're out. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, but I, I it, it's tough for me to think that Michigan's going to be able to get past Georgia. But I, I am right. very excited, as you mentioned, to see Michigan's offensive line, who was dominant against Ohio State, against oh, Georgia's God. front seven. It has guys like Nicobe Dean at linebacker, Jordan Davis at defensive tackle. Uh, that is going to be a really fun matchup to watch. And Alabama's offensive line favored a lot better, or fared, I should say, a lot better against Georgia's front seven uh, than a lot of people thought. And that's a lot. Right. A, a lot of the reason they were able to win that game was because they didn't let Target. Georgia's front seven dominate the game like Georgia's front seven had dominated a lot of games holding teams to less than two touchdowns. So right. uh, they are, they, they've been proven to be beatable, but it is going to take an elite group. Michigan's offensive line might be that elite group, but inconsistent quarterback play throughout the year. Um, Jim Harbaugh is going to find a way to, to shove J.J. McCarthy into the game at some point. Is he going to do it at the right spots? Sometimes he has done that. Sometimes he hasn't done that. So, J.J. McCarthy is always going to be a player to watch in any Michigan game because his usage uh, is kind of all over the place. Right. Sometimes, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I, I think I think he's got to be the guy next year. By the way, um, he's he just seems way too talented to I, spend another year on the bench. That that's that's just the problem with college football because I believe Cade McNamara has another year of eligibility. I, think I believe. So too. I believe he's coming back. I don't. I don't see how the best Michigan team since '97, probably, uh, maybe yeah. not talent-wise, but results-wise, yeah, uh, up there with like 2016 and 2018. And 06. I, yeah, and 06. Uh, I just don't see how you could turn away from him. It's kind of like the same thing as like JT Barrett and Joe Burrow or Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, maybe Joe Burrow or Dwayne Haskins are better right now, but I mean, JT Barrett's winning us games. He's putting us in the positions to be at at the end of the year. 
where we are at the end of the year, which is a playoff contender. Um, and who knows if Dwayne Haskins or Joe Burrow could do that. Now, obviously, they both ended up proving that they could be that. Uh, I know Dwayne Haskins didn't go to the playoffs, but they finished fifth, I believe, that year. So, um, I, just, well, I, I think they finished sixth. McCarthy, I think Georgia actually got fifth. But I think just J.J. McCarthy has the most upside. But I know that's not everything, but uh, – He does. Uh, Cade McNamara, I'll say this: his second half was way better than his first half. He actually, yeah, he and he he did it in his defense in some of the biggest games. That Michigan State game, despite the fact that they lost that game, he actually looked like a really good quarterback in that game. Yeah, and that was something that not a lot of people were expecting. So I I don't want to just you know just kick Cade McNamara to the curb because he definitely deserves some respect with the way that he played, but. I, I just think that if Georgia wins this game, it's going to be tough for me, especially if they if, – especially if Michigan's offense sputters, especially if their right. running game doesn't get going and they can't pass their way out of their running issues. I, I think you got to just look at J.J. McCarthy and say, if we want to take that next step, it, it, it the, only, the only way that we're going to be capable of doing that is if – is if J.J. McCarthy is playing at his best. Now, he, he may not. He's kind of uh, – he has this exotic style of, of quarterbacking. He likes to run it a lot. He – you know, that could lead to injuries. He likes to, to – he likes to make challenging throws for better or for worse sometimes. Um, sometimes he fits the ball into tight windows and gets, an, like, NFL-level throws, and sometimes he turns the ball over. So mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of risk and reward that comes into J.J. McCarthy's style of play. But it's, it's one of those things where after the game, your fan base and possibly the coaching staff too, if Georgia runs away with the game, you're going to be feeling like what we have now isn't enough. And you may, you may have some emotional Mi- Michigan fans calling for J.J. McCarthy immediately, uh, although there are already some – emotional Michigan Michigan fans calling for him just off of his recruiting stature alone. Obviously, Ohio State fans know what that's like to go all in on somebody off of their recruiting numbers. Uh, they kind of did that this year, even though he's no longer on the team. But I, I just it, – it's I'm, I'm sure you've had those thoughts too. And I, I think Ohio State fans over the past few years, watching Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud, I think people are starting to see the difference between JT Barrett and all of those guys. Yeah. And in the moment, you you really like JT Barrett, but the problem is the regular season is filled with a lot of cakewalk teams. You only play a few good games a year, and sometimes JT Barrett stepped up, and sometimes even when he didn't step up, there were players around him to help him out. But when you put JT Barrett on the same field as Deshaun Watson and – you yeah. put them in a playoff atmosphere, you go, okay, our guy is not nearly as good as we thought he was, and the other guy is somehow beating JT Barrett at running the football, even though that's what JT Barrett was clearly best at. So you feel moments of desperation. I, I sure know it as a Notre Dame fan. I felt it with Ian Book a lot. I um, I, I shouldn't have even mentioned his, his name right now. But mm. <laughs> there were plenty of moments where I felt that Ian Book was really, really good, but he just 
couldn't be great. There was this ceiling above him where he just couldn't make that transition into being great. Again, except for one game, except for the, the first Clemson game last year where he was great. But yes. I, I feel like there are going to be some Michigan fans who, despite appreciating Cade McNamara and all the transformations that he overcame this year and how he developed into a really nice quarterback, I feel like when you lose, especially in college football, because the stakes are so high, it's not like a seven-game series. It's not like the NFL where you can lose eight games and still let me look at the AFC for goodness sake. There are going to be teams losing eight games or in the playoff hunt. So the stakes are so high and the emotions are so high after you lose. I feel like there are going to be a lot of Michigan fans just immediately ready to go to the more talented quarterback for better, for worse next year. If they don't pull it off against Georgia. Here's a headline for you. Quarterback Cade McNamara, Notre Dame checked all the boxes for me. He's apparently committed to Notre Dame. I Touch that. Let's go. I'm going to have to read this article, whatever this was. Was this a uh, recruit? Yeah, it was on um, uh, Notre Dame's uh, 24-7 sports page. I just oh, I, I never realized that – I never realized that he was committed to Notre Dame, but apparently he was. He was. He was the right place for me. Checked all the boxes. It's tough. Uh, all right, well – and I'm not saying he would have the same success at Notre Dame as he did as he is at Michigan, but well, we have our own little JJ McCarthy named Tyler Buckner, so I'm excited to see what happens with him. Although he also is kind of a risky business quarterback because he likes to make difficult throws, and he he's a he's a runner. He oh my gosh, dude, he was frustrating to watch this year because he ran the ball every chance he could. Like it was always. Read option, he was pulling every single time. It was one of those kind of kind of plays. But I'm excited to see what happens with the so future. Is, but is he the guy next year? I think so. Um, it was a very weird scenario where Drew Pine on multiple games looked like the best quarterback we had, and then we still just refused to play him. Uh, he was the guy who led the comeback against Wisconsin. He was a redshirt freshman this year. And then the next week, he almost led a comeback against Cincinnati. Um, although Tyler Buckner was hurt against Wisconsin, he was he did play against Cincinnati. He just played very poorly. So he had a very quick leash, and then we went to Drew Pine. But then the next week, we played Virginia Tech. Jack Cohn got yanked really early because he wasn't looking very good. And Tyler Buckner played almost the entire game by himself. And then And then he got hurt, and then Jack Cohn came back in. And then he led this game-winning drive. So it's like, I don't know what happened, but there were a lot of Notre Dame fans waiting for Drew Pine to get another chance because he really impressed during that Wisconsin game on Big Noon kickoff, which was exciting. So he is going to be a redshirt sophomore next year. Tyler Buckner is going to be a true sophomore next year. Uh, Those are going to be the two guys competing. There is a chance. I don't think it's a great chance. There's a chance that we do some sort of quarterback shuffle which right. uh, that that is very, very exciting to have two quarterbacks. But there's the old phrase, if you have two, you have zero. So I, I don't I don't know how successful that would be, especially opening the season in the shoe next year. But Tyler Buckner is probably going to be the guy. And uh, I, to all uh, to any Ohio State fans listening to this right now, I'll give you a, a giant clue as to um, w- what you could possibly expect. Uh, Tyler Buckner might be the guy who just is always looking to run 
And if his first read isn't open, he's pulling the ball and running. So uh, if you're getting ready to make fun of Notre Dame fans for something, just put store that one away because our quarterback might just be trying to run for 200 yards. Yeah, I mean, there's this quarterback out of Ohio, Drew Aller, who is supposedly like basically just waiting for Notre Dame to offer him. And they never did, I don't think. And he went to Penn State. I think he's the best quarterback in the country for 2022 as well. I mean, he's a he's like a physical All-American. Like, he's like 6'5", 225, rocket arm, like incredibly smart. Like, I, I, I'm a little mad I never got to see him play live this year because his high school is close to where I live. But Oh, he's a Medina guy. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Medina. Oh man, that if that's the case, that is, if we actually didn't offer him, that's incredibly frustrating because the guy that we have in this class is a three star who won't play for like four years. Okay, his, his so fir- his first year is going to be his fifth year senior year. That's going to be his first year of starting quarterback for us. The fr- I looked up, I just looked up Drew Aller's name, and one of the fr- front page results was. Drew Aller sucks from 24-7 sports. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, it's an Ohio State fan board. Oh, shocking. <laughs> I'm glad he's going to Sandusky. What? He sucks, dude. Medina <laughs> getting pantsed by St. Ed's tonight, which they did. <laughs> but listen, Were you they at did. That I think they lost like 36-3. to But did you go to that game? I know, I know that you went to uh, you went to a lot of high school football games this fall. I only went to I went to three. I went to two of my old high schools, and I went to or yeah, it would have been three of my old high school because I went to go see that they played Saint Ed's in the playoffs, and they got um is it, it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. Okay, so here's the sitch. Houston scored yeah. a touchdown. We're up by four. Auburn just turned it over with by on downs with two minutes left, two forty left, two timeouts for Auburn. So I'm, I'm liking what's going on here. All right. So um, this is gonna, this spread's going to come down to the wire. Do you have any other players today? Because we got like five college football games for once. Yeah, uh, I. So today I'm I'm very I was very busy today. I still have two more games to handicap. I've been trying to do all week like I'm going to handicap every game. I've done – I had um, Houston, obviously, in this game, plus two. I got them at. I have Air Force Moneyline, um, which is coming up – it should be coming up, like, immediately after this game. Um, and what, what bowl game is that? That is the, the first responder bowl, Air Force over Louisville. Um, and then I have the over in Mississippi State and Texas Tech, and I haven't decided in the um, West Virginia and um, um, fuck, who are they playing? Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. That game's on at ten fifteen Eastern. And you're gonna watch every single snap of it. Absolutely. There's another game on. Uh, they took the line off. I don't know why. It's UCLA and somebody else. I can't remember who. Oh, uh, North Carolina State. That's right. It, they, it's not up there, so I don't think I'm going to handicap that game. I didn't have many many opinions on it anyway. I do love West Virginia plus five over Minnesota, though. 
Oh, have we even talked about the new bill that's uh, that's going into place here in the state of Ohio? Gambling? Yeah, I don't even think we've we've mentioned it. I, I, I don't know yeah, if it was last. Oh, it must have been a couple weeks ago. I can't remember if it was two weeks ago or last week when, uh, uh, when it, it was happened. officially so, signed, so. That's exciting stuff. Now, uh, it, I mean, all, all those offshore Russian bots over at Bo- yeah. Bovada won't be getting any more of your money. Uh, for, yeah, until, until when the time comes, they will not. But uh, until that point, they are getting all my money. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was signed into law a couple days ago. So I believe it's now just the waiting game. And we're told no later than the 1st of 2023. So it could be another full year plus before we get it. So, Oh, well. It, and the, the only thing that's only ma- mainly exciting about it is I get to use FanDuel because I really like FanDuel's odds, and I like they have a bunch of great promos and stuff. So, do you uh, are you still tearing it up with the, um, the college basketball? College basketball, not so much because they've been on break, but and my under system, there hasn't been too two straight days where there's been no games that fit the criteria, which isn't very first down. That should end the game. Let's go. But, um, <laughs> once, once college, cause college football, I mean, the bowl season starting to reach it's the meat and potatoes portion of it. So once that, once, once college football is over, my full attention will be on college basketball. Good deal. I, yeah. uh, I'm excited for yes, uh, this college basketball season. I, I think they already started. I think the Buckeyes are doing pretty well. I think they're like top 15 or something in the nation right now from what I'm hearing. They've had three games canceled in a row. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. One against one was against Kentucky, which was a Las Vegas game, which was supposed right. to be like one of the headline games of the year. After that, I have no idea who they missed. Yeah, I don't know much either, but um, I was gonna. Yeah, let's get these um New Year Six bull, New Year Six bets, and then we can get out of here. Yeah, let's uh, let me pull that up real quick. I hate how I wish they would put the bull name next to the matchup on Fanduel because I can never remember which bull game who's playing what bull game. Oh, I, I can if it's the New Year Six. I can. I think I, I should be able to remember. I'm pull, good thing I have two monitors, so I can just look left, right, left, right. But there you go. For me, is the first when? Yeah, the first one is is the Peach Bowl in New Year's Six. Yes, it is, and I okay, I it played think, on Thursday. Is, is that Pitt, Michigan State? Correct. Uh, this game is going to be borderline unwatchable because Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker the third are not playing. Yeah. Um, and let me look up Jordan Addison while we're at it. I have no idea what class he is, if he's going to the NFL, whatever. He he is a sophomore. He's playing. Oh, good, good, good. So we have one player to look forward to. Yes. It's I know the whole thing was that Michigan State has the worst pass defense in the country, which, by the way, I don't know where that came from, where people started thinking that, because that's just not true. Um. I can I tell you where we, people started thinking that because Chris Fowler said it during the Ohio State game. Yeah, it's just 
I don't. Houston one. Let's go. But uh, we're on the Air Force minus one and a half because that's what I just got them at. But because um, <laughs> they were a pick them earlier. So, I mean, whatever. But I thought we've kind of evolved past the point of just looking at total yards given up per game uh, as the end all be all of how good you are. Well, and this is the problem with this, is that there are a lot of stats out there that you can follow, and each one is a very specific stat, but you have commentators and broadcasters who say they are the worst de- they have the worst defense in the entire nation. Well, mm. does that go by yards or yards per play or like points per game? Like there are like a bunch of different stats that you could possibly cite for that one overarching statement and I don't really know what that means. So, and I did, I did not even know that until Chris Fowler said that. Yeah, it's oh my Louisville, what are we doing here, baby? <laughs> the game just started. You got plenty of time, don't worry. Well, I'm on Air Force, but Louisville just tried running a speed option on third and three and they just pitched it out of bounds. <laughs> Malik Cunningham, Lamar Jackson Jr. Has more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns this year. Uh, that's the sign of a great quarterback. It is nineteen rushing touchdowns, eighteen passing touchdowns. He is a he is a he's a pretty good player. I can see him like just being one, just just having a good NFL career. Kind of like Tyler, Tyler Huntley is going to. Tyler have Huntley, him. yep. Hey man, uh, anyway. he, he's look, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, he is. I I knew I loved him when I. I always love Utah players, so let's see. Well, we're Where about we... to talk about a few of them here once we get to this uh, mm. this pick. Where is Pitt and Michigan State? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Um, Pitt is getting two and a half. Give me Pitt. Just because uh, Pitt likes to air it out. Michigan State, I know I just went on that whole thing. Michigan State's not the worst pass defense in the country. They're pretty bad, though. So give me Pitt. It appears that 64% of people, according to Odd Shark, are on the side of Michigan State. Oh, so yeah, give me Pitt. I, I, too, am going to take Pitt in this one, plus two and a half, because, honestly, because I have no idea who's playing for either team except for Jordan Addison. So I have <laughs> I have one player to look forward to, and he plays for Pitt. So I'm going to go with Pitt. That's my very, very novice opinion. I respect that. Um, let's see. I don't want to jump into the playoffs right away. We can save that for later. Um, let's see. Citrus Bowl, is that a New Year's Six? I think it's so. It's not New Year's Day, but... Well, let's see. One, two, three, four... Who is no, it? No, it's, it technically is not, but... We'll Who, who's in that game? I won Kentucky. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't think I've got any... Uh, Kentucky's getting three. Kentucky's getting... Oh, give me Kentucky. Uh, give me Kentucky in that one, too. Give me Kentucky. Uh, oh, I don't know Lord. which Iowa quarterback is playing, but they're, they're both bad terrible. They're, they're, they're both, both yeah. terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give me give me, a, give me Kentucky. Uh, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Bring back Tostinos. Um, Bring back Battle Frog. Yeah. Is anybody opting out from Notre Dame? Or Kyron Williams is. And Kyle Hamilton. Yep. Kyle Hamilton hasn't played in many a moon. But that's true. Uh, 
he was slated to return from injury for this game and then said, yeah, I'm not going to do that, which I kind of understand. <laughs> so Kyron Williams is going to be out, uh, which means that we're going to go probably with either Logan Diggs or Chris Tyree as our number one running back. We're, we're going to be Tyree. We have a lot of – I'm afraid that he's going to transfer because this true freshman, Logan Diggs, only like a three-star guy, but – he started to eat up a lot more carry. Although Chris Tyree was kind of hurt, but even when he returned from injury, Logan Diggs was still getting a lot of carries behind um, Kyron Williams. So uh, point being, we we have multiple running backs behind Kyron Williams, despite the fact that he is so good. And uh, one of the best, or, or the best pass blocking running back I've ever noticed. Although to be fair, I haven't noticed a whole lot of them. But just a total triple threat, running the ball, uh, receiving the ball, and blocking is Kyron Williams. So we're going to miss him. But I think we got guys behind him. Um, I, I, I see here Notre Dame's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I ooh, We just got very concerned. 84% of people are betting Notre Dame minus two-and-a-half. That is a – Give me the post. That, oh, man. Not just because of the public. Just give me Oklahoma State. The bells and whistles are sounding like crazy right now at that 84% number. I am going to drink the Kool-Aid. Here we go, Notre Dame. I got Notre Dame minus two and a half. Uh, I think they're the better team. Uh, my Honestly, my biggest concern is this game is that Jim Knowles is actually coaching in this game. So Ohio State's, yeah, Ohio State's soon-to-be defensive coordinator is about to be defensive coordinating against Notre Dame. Uh, and he will also be doing the same thing in his next game, week one next oh, yeah. year in the shoe. So, yeah, truth be told, yeah. my, my number one concern in this game is uh, Jim Knowles somehow figuring us out from the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, th- this is one of those uh, – you know how players opt out because it's just not worth the risk to them? I right. almost want to just do an entire team opt out of this game because we don't <laughs> want Jim Knowles to, to find out how to beat us. So that's – also, uh, we have 89% of the people – are on the over 45 in this game. I don't know about all that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me the Pokes plus two. Um, on FanDuel, they're plus two. Let's see what else. We got the Rose Bowl. Ohio State and Utah. Ohio State minus four and a half. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Haskell Garrett, and I believe Thayer Munford all opted out. I know the first three did. I don't know if Munford did. Petit Frere. Petit Frere, that's right. I knew it was an offensive lineman. But, um, yeah, they all opted out. Ohio State's still getting minus four and a half. And I, this is going to be like Washington, like the Rose Bowl against Washington. Like, how the hell is Ohio State not going to cover this? Wait, did they cover against Washington or did Washington No, they do blew it. it. It yeah, they, the they did that backdoor. <laughs> they the backdoor cover, right? They were Washington said, stormed all the way back just to cover. Yeah, I said it on this show. If Washington covers, I will stop being an Ohio State fan. Now I didn't do that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to double down. We're going to we're going to carry the legacy of that bet over to this one. If Ohio State doesn't cover, I'll stop being an Ohio State fan. <laughs> well, four I, and a half. I, I know yeah. that. I know that their two best receivers are out. One of their better offensive linemen and their best defensive player is out. But it's, it's Ohio State versus Utah. 
I know Utah just throttled Oregon twice. I just think this is a game where Ohio State's going to – Ohio State's either going to play pissed off or they're going to be just like, who cares? And it's, which is like me, like, who cares? But Ohio State's going to win. And I think they'll win by at least a touchdown. I'll give them that much credit. I oh man, I should listen to you because I swear there's no one in the eastern half of the United States who has watched more Utah football than you. So, I'd argue there's nobody in Utah who watches more Utah football than me. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, you you raise a good point. Um, I. Uh, I, I want to spite Ohio State so badly and go with Utah plus four and a half. I I, I, I might just I might just do it, but it, it, here's why. I we saw this t- happen twice now, where Michigan and Oregon they did the same thing. Utah's best asset is also Ohio State's biggest weakness, and that is running the ball straight up the middle. So. I, I, this is almost like a one-trick pony. Like you, Ohio State is so much more talented than Utah, but the one thing Utah is better at, they are way better at. So mm-hmm. I, I can see a scenario where Utah runs the ball and Ohio State just has no answers. I also think that Utah – I've started to buy into the fact – and I, I used to not be this way, and I'm not trying to be the – like. Oh, the SEC, they're the best conference ever, and no one else cares. Like, the SEC doesn't care, and when everyone plays the SEC in bowl games, everyone else takes it way more seriously. I'm not trying to be like that, although I'm kind of being like that because I'm starting to become the guy where, like, UCF beating Florida in the bowl game meant way more to UCF than it did Florida. I'm starting to become that guy who measures how much teams care based off of their reputation. For example, Utah has never been in the Rose Bowl, and Ohio State fans are disappointed to be in the Rose Bowl, and I'm sure their players are disappointed to be in the Rose Bowl. So I, this is also partially just a spite pick. I'm going to pick Utah plus four and a half. But mm. my, my, my condition on that is that they have to run the ball at least 35 times. If they start passing the ball, I'm out. If they, if they run the ball, I'm in. Yeah. It's a fair point. I, I, I'll accept that point. I reject. I reject your point, but I accept it at the same time. Uh, and then we got the Sugar Bowl, Old Miss and Baylor. Very excited for this one. Old Miss minus one and a half. Um, give me the Reds. Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, love it. Give me the Reds. Oh yeah, man. Uh, Matt Corral opting into this bowl game. Basically, mm-hmm. it was almost assumed that he was going to just stay out. So he basically had to opt into this game uh, yeah. with the assumption of him going to the NFL. Um, yeah, man, I like Ole Miss minus one and a half because I think this is a big deal for Ole Miss to be in the Sugar Bowl. I really do. So I think that it, being in the SEC and having to travel or uh, um, not very often getting to travel down to New Orleans to play in this game. I think this is a huge deal for Ole Miss. Um, Baylor winning the Big 12, I thought that they would have gotten the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, right. But I, I, I guess because uh, the SEC has two teams in the college football playoffs, I guess this was kind of Baylor's prize was having to play the third best team 
uh, in the <laughs> SEC, so, which I, that, that actually does make sense if you think about it. You got yeah. Ole Miss and you got Notre Dame. I know that Ole Miss going to the, going to the Sugar Bowl is like an SEC play, but you have the I think unanimously easier opponent that people would suggest. So I um, I do think this is kind of a, a, a fair point to give Baylor this game, opposed to giving them the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame. Um, at least if I were Baylor, I'd feel that way. But Ole Miss minus one and a half, that's cool with me. Uh, Matt Corral is far and away the best player on the field. So I'm going to roll with him in this game. Um, also, I, I don't know how many bets they've tallied, but it says here uh, that the over-under has, according to Odd Shark, 100% bets are on the over 55.5 and 0% on the under. So Okay, yeah, I don't believe that. That could be a sample size of 2 or 2,000. I don't know. That would be awesome. If not a single human being, <laughs> just bet the under. Just not one. I well, and I, I'm day. so in favor of that. Hey, it, it's all Miss, dude. Have you seen the way they play? It's a lot of a lot of points. It's Lane yeah. Kiffin. Yeah, it's the best best damn show on turf at the moment. Uh-huh. But um, let's get to these playoffs. Um, the Cotton Bowl, Alabama and Cincinnati. Alabama. I I was hoping this game would get to plus fourteen and a half. I was hoping it would. It didn't. Cincinnati's getting 13 and a half. Oh, Louisville. Oh, no. But um, <laughs> that has missed a field goal really badly. But um, I know I've, I've long said I was going to take Cincinnati no matter what. But this is also one of those things where it's like you're, I'm going to wake up in the morning, look myself in the mirror, Remember that Alabama won by 38 and be like, dude, you bet against Alabama (laughs) again. It's just, it's like my thing with Tom Brady. I'm like, oh, seven and one betting against Tom Brady. Against like betting against Alabama, I probably won twice. And I bet against Alabama quite a lot for somebody who loses frequently. Let's see what I can get in Cincinnati in the first half. Sounds like you are starting to learn your lesson and come to your senses with this. Yeah, I can get I can get them at plus seven and a half first half. That might be the move. You know, you know what I'm going to do. You know, what I'm going to do. What, what gonna do. I'm going to live bet this game. I'm going to wait uh, one series each because if I lock in a bet and Cincinnati gets the ball first and it's three straight sacks, I'm going to be like, oh shit. <laughs> I do, and it, but if they get three straight sacks and I'm live betting, I'm be like, okay, I'm gonna hammer Alabama right now. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna live bet it. But if I had to make a bet right now, I'm leaning Cincinnati first half plus seven and a half. So I know what your live bet is. What is? But you have to make a prediction. What's the prediction? And I would. Plus seven and a half first half would be the bet. But if I have to go just full game spread, I would go with Alabama. All right, there we go. Uh, Folks, I'm telling you that the college football playoff does not need to expand for multiple reasons. One of them being they already have a huge problem with blowouts. And 
I don't think this game is going to be the exception to the rule. I think that Alabama is just significantly more talented outside of a couple players. Sure, Sauce Gardner is a really good corner, but Mm -hmm. I promise you he hasn't seen anybody like Jamison Williams again. I don't know how, given where he was a year ago, but I'm convinced watching him this year that Jameson Williams is the best wide receiver in college football, and I would have him as my number one receiver in any mock draft that I put together. Uh, spoiler alert, because we will be doing that at some point. So I, I, I got to go with Alabama minus 13 and a half. I, I, I just, it's so hard for me to have watched the college football playoff, uh, the college football playoffs for the past, seven years or whatever it's been, maybe eight years, I don't know, and see all of these blowout games, a lot of them shocking blowout games, and to watch this game and suspect that after all of those blowouts, this game is going to be within a couple scores. Uh, not not going to be the case in my opinion. I also, I this is just traditionally for me, if a game is around a certain point, uh, like seven or well, three or seven or ten or fourteen. I typically just read wherever the hook is. Right. Um, Alabama's thir- it's it's minus thirteen and a half. If it were minus fourteen and a half, that would tell me that it's going to be roughly a two touchdown game. But Cincinnati would be getting the hook. This is going to be roughly a two touchdown game according to Vegas, and Alabama's getting the hook. So that already gives me a little bit more comfort with this pick. But again, the the backbone of this logic is that the college football playoff has had issues with blowouts left and right every single year. So this, to me, out of any year possible, this, to me, seems like the single most blowout risk game, so to speak, uh, or the game that is most at risk for a blowout. So I'm not going to think twice about it. I'm going Alabama minus 13.5. I am going to switch my pick to the over of 57. I don't think Cincinnati's going to have a, that hard of a time scoring in this game. Cincinnati's offense is very efficient. And Alabama's defense is good, but they, they've been exposed at times this year. At times this year. So I think Cincinnati will score enough to where I'm comfortable taking over, and Alabama will eventually pull away late and push it over the total. So I'll give me the over there. Um and then Georgia, Michigan. It's st- it opened at eight and a half. It's down to seven and a half in favor of Georgia. Point total is forty five. Um, Michigan is plus two twenty five on the money line. I don't hate that. But um, I, if I was going to take Georgia at minus eight and a half, I am most certainly taking Georgia at minus seven and a half. I may even buy an extra point, half point, maybe a full point. We'll see what I can get them at. Um, let's see what the first half lines are looking like. We got Georgia. It, Georgia minus four and a half at plus 100 first half is interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. That's, yeah, that's very interesting. Or you can go, to, ooh, this, is, this, this might be a really good play here, is total first half points, or the total first half, under 21 and a half. That hook is huge there. Uh, UCLA and NC State got canceled because of COVID, so that's why the line was off. Okay, good. That's one last thing I have to write today, so that's fun. Because <laughs> I was stressing because I, I, I 
I'm done with work at six, but and these take a long time to write. I imagine so. They take they take me a little bit over an hour each to write. I was gonna stay late and write it anyway, but now that it's canceled, I don't have to write it. There you go. One less thing. One last thing to worry about. Uh, what do we got? What's going on here? This is, this feels disgusting. Where are they playing? Where is the first responder poll at? Not a clue. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. First responder poll. Dallas. No thanks. Yeah. Texas. No. Yeah. I'm I'm all set on going to Texas, but um. Yeah, I'm going with Georgia, minus seven and a half. If I had to pick just the spread as is, I'm taking minus seven and a half. I'm going to end up buying a pointer, a half a point or a point to make it more favorable for me. But I will take Georgia. I am iffy on this game. Seven and a half, again, the hook is in favor of Michigan. So naturally, I look at that. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of just initially leading Michigan. Um, and I do think that this is an interesting game of strength on strength, but I'm just, I'm going to lean with the athletes. Again, we've seen a lot of games become blowouts that we weren't expecting in college football and the college football playoffs. Right. If, if, if this were going to be a blowout, it would definitely, in my opinion, be Georgia blowing out Michigan. I can't see a scenario where Michigan blows out Georgia. Although I do think it would be a close game, but I, I am just going to go with the athletes. I think Georgia has the better athletes on the perimeter. Uh, I think it's going to be an incredible game uh, in the front seven. May, maybe even like an under in this game, an under 45. This could be a really low-scoring game. But, uh, by the way, George Pickens made an appearance in the SEC championship game, who was supposed to be one of the best receivers in the SEC, but suffered an ACL injury way back in the spring. Finally ready to come back. He was supposed to be Georgia's number one receiver. So he was he's going, going to be, to be probably, he was the preseason number one heading into the draft, I would assume. Yeah, so there that's just one more weapon that they have. I know that they have a three headed monster in the backfield. Um I I just and part and part of this is because I have seen Michigan despite being Ohio State this year, I have seen them just always crumble in the big spot over the past right. decade. It just it feels weird to me to 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 predict Michigan to be really competitive with a team who we thought was the unanimous number one team aside from one week out of the year. So I'm gonna go with Georgia minus seven and a half. I'm not saying that with tremendous confidence because I do think that Michigan uh, has a tremendous offensive line and a tremendous def- defensive front. That is a tremendous recipe for winning football. So I, I they have plenty of ability here, but. I, I, even even a ten point game to me would not feel like Georgia just ran away with the game. If it was thirty eight twenty eight something like that, I'd still look at Michigan and be like, "You guys were like competitive." I know it was double right. double digit difference, but uh, uh, to to me in college football, seven to ten points is still a close game. I know in the NFL, if you see a seven yeah. point spread, that's like allegedly that's a blowout, huge. but. We gotta have some perspective here. Seven to ten points in, in college football is not a whole lot. So with all that said, I'm going to go with Georgia. Right. And Georgia has some dudes on offense, some skill players out because Pickens is expected to be available to play. I just looked it up. 
But, I mean, they got Jermaine Burton, uh, Kyrus Jackson, Lad McConkey, who's been really good. Um, like you said, the running backs, they have uh, James Cook, uh, Kendall Milton, and Zamir White. So I, they got dudes. And also, I was thinking, I was thinking earlier, and I meant to bring it up when we were discussing the look ahead lines for the champion possible championship game matchups. Air Force has scored. Let's go. But um, how funny would it be if Stetson Bennett beats Michigan? Stetson Bennett and Georgia beat Michigan. They play Alabama. Alabama comes out to like a 14, 14 to three or like set like a 14 point lead going into halftime. Georgia comes out with JT Daniels and wins like they did, like Tua did to Georgia. That'd be awesome. Uh, that, I could, I could actually like see that as being somewhat reasonable. Right. Um, truth be told, heading into that game, that one championship game in 2017, or I guess technically 2018, but it was the 2017 season. But I, I had not even heard of Tua Tagovailoa. But no, neither have I. Yeah, and then it was like at halftime, Kirk Herbstreit's like, "Man, they should really go to Tua Tagovailoa." I'm like, "Who is that? Like, who the who the hell? What? Like, look." I know. I know that Jalen Hurts is just throwing the ball into the grass and killing worms right now, but who is this backup that everyone's calling for? I never heard of the guy. But uh, it turns out that he was a true freshman, soon to be I, I soon to be Monday Night Football victor, uh, now eight and seven Dolphins who won seven straight, uh, even though they haven't played anybody over that stretch except for maybe the Ravens on a Thursday Night Football game. But, all right, done trashing the Dolphins. Um, JT Daniels comes into this game with a reputation of being a capable quarterback. Stetson Bennett was a hot hand. He was, that's why he kept his job all throughout, uh, as JT yeah. Daniels returned from injury. So, uh, JT Daniels, by the way, was hurt for a, a while. So yes, he was, he it's, it's not like Stetson Bennett has had him beat out the entire year. Uh, Stetson Bennett, or I'm sorry, JT Daniels only came back like a few weeks ago, seemingly. I think the Tennessee game may have been his first game where he was, like, ready to go. So, yeah, he's a guy who Georgia believes in. He he took over last year, and that team kind of just re- reinvented themselves as a really good team and ended up winning a, a New Year's Six game last year behind him. So, I, if there were ever a quarterback that I could think of who would be ready to step in, especially after – what we saw from Stetson Bennett against Alabama, where he just looked completely outmatched by Alabama's athleticism. And it also didn't help that he was on the same field as Bryce Young. That didn't make him look much no. better. But No, it definitely did not. I could see now, especially with the speculation that a lot of people, and I assume a lot of Georgia fans, were ready to see JT Daniels after that loss to Alabama. I could, I could see Stetson Bennett having a pretty short leash. And JT Daniels, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not at practice, but I have to assume that he's getting at least some first team reps just to be ready. So I, right. that storyline could absolutely take place. Yeah, it, I wonder if Daniels would be the starter next year because they got this Brock Vandergrift guy who's a high, highly recruited player. Yeah, and he um, also is already signing name, image, and likeness deals, and he's currently just rotting away on the bench. So he's 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 thought of to be uh, somebody of the future. It is funny how I 
the reason I thought Georgia was going to be so good this year was because of JT Daniels. He was going to be the one to take him over the top, and it just <laughs> hasn't been the case. <laughs> no one has not. And they have another quarterback coming into town next year named Gunnar Stockton, who was a borderline five-star guy. So uh, Gunnar Stockton, really good name for a quarterback. That's an um, incredible name for a quarterback. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, 6'1", 195, listed as a dual threat. So they're, they're going to have a lot of talent next year. Um, Stetson Bennett will not be in that room, I don't think, because I no. – gosh, i got to assume that all of his eligibility has gone. He's been around forever. But – I uh, yeah I, I I would think that JT Daniels, who also by the way has seemingly been around forever, but I think the COVID year may have given him his extra year of eligibility. So I think next year might be his final year. But I, if I'm if I'm him, I'm coming back. I know that there are guys beneath him, but uh, he's somebody who Georgia fans probably will be clamoring for more so than a bunch of unproven freshmen. Could so change for Notre Dame. I would, I would welcome that. Actually, well, he's already used one free transfer, so I wonder if he would have to sit out a year. I don't know if there. I th- this is becoming now something with with Jack Cohn, where I where everyone's talking about Notre Dame, and I guess mostly you. I shouldn't say everybody. We're not every quarterback that's, like, borderline losing their job. Hey, go to Notre Dame. So, yeah, why not? Uh, apparently, hey, what I'm reading is that you're on a heater with predicting transfer quarterbacks. So, I, I, I should probably listen. We're not transfer quarterbacks, just transfers. Oh, I saw that you nailed three in a row. Let me pull it up. My live transfer portal tracker. Yep. Let's see. We got Deion Smith, a freshman from wide receiver from LSU, just entered. But um, because I updated it yesterday. Uh, the three out of the last four players that have transferred from my list, I've nailed their new place. Jameer Gibbs, running back from Georgia Tech to Alabama, nailed that one. Marcus Banks, corner to Alabama, transferred to Mississippi State. I did not even think of Mississippi State as a potential. Uh, Keaton Slovis to Pitt, nailed that one. And Ryan Watts, a corner from Ohio State to Texas. Yeah, so Texas appears to be stealing all the Ohio State corners. Yeah, it sounds like Ohio State's turning into a Texas pipeline. (laughs) That's exactly what's happening. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Texas, they have one of their quarterbacks in the portal. He's number five on my list, Casey Thompson. No, Casey Thompson, he uh, – well, I guess he's afraid of Quinn Ewers. I would be too. Yeah, it makes sense uh, because he definitely beat out Birthday Carter, whoever that guy was. Who? Uh, Hudson Card. What, is that his name? Oh, uh, Hudson Card. Yeah, Hudson Card was really cool for like two seconds until they lost to Arkansas. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, that wasn't great. All right. We've been talking a long time. We'll, we'll roll out of here. Uh, we got all of our picks in for the the uh, New Year's Six games. We're going to be watching a lot of college football over this next week. I'm telling you that right now, folks. Over so, this next 24 hours. Uh-huh. Uh, so, DJ's got one less thing to worry about with that UCLA-NC State game. whole lot of college football coming up. And then once the college football season's over, well, I guess 
we'll have one more game, which I, I hate that the national championships on a Monday. That's disgraceful to me. But uh, we are going to uh, be talking a lot more NFL. We dove, uh, we dove pretty deep into the AFC North. Uh, we are going to make our way around the other divisions as well coming up. So whole lot of football happening over the next couple of weeks, and we're super excited about it. Until then, see you next week. Take care. Peace.